0: This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com Many Midrashim are metaphorical. They're there to teach us a lesson. And one of, if not the most famous, Midrashim that everybody knows, every child learns in Cheder, is the Midrash of Yaakov running away from Esav towards Laban's house. And on the way, Yaakov stops and he's trying to get a good night's sleep. And he sets up around his head 12 stones. He wakes up in the morning, and there's one stone. The Medrash tells us that every one of those stones was fighting in order to be under Yaakov's head and therefore they all compromised, they became one new stone Yaakov took that stone used it as a mizbeach to bring karbanas to Hashem beautiful Medrash. What's the message behind this Medrash? So I heard such an amazing concept an amazing vart, amazing thought Yaakov was a very straight guy his mind was straight he was titan MS Yaakov he was MS he was a very very straight person his mother introduced him to the concept of dealing with Esav and she told him "You're dealing with Esav you should know sometimes you have to bend things just a little bit Yaakov went along with this plan he said okay I'm okay with that I have to dress up like him I have to sound like him He got in, he got the brachos, and he left. Now he's embarking on the second stage, the second journey. He's going towards Lavan's house. And in his mind, he's thinking, I'm going from Esav, who's, I know what I'm dealing with, to a Lavan that I don't know what I'm dealing with. Lavan is a much more conniving, cruel, cunning type of person. He's underhanded. And Yaakov's thinking in his brain, wow, I'm going to have to deal with somebody like Lavan in an underhanded way, the way that I dealt with Esav. I undermined him. I went behind his back. But yet you find that by the time Yaakov gets to Lavan and Lavan starts with all of his tricks, he's telling him spotted sheep, striped sheep, you know, no stripe, all these different things, he keeps changing on him hundreds of times. There's never a time that Yaakov really under, undermines him. He doesn't deal with him backhandedly. He almost seems to go along and just constantly be taken advantage of. And where did that changeover happen? The answer was that it happened at that night. As Yaakov goes to sleep, he puts down 12 stones. And each one of these stones has a very good argument, a very argument. each stone says I want to be the stone that's underneath the head of the tzaddik all the rest of you you can line up in order but I want to be the one underneath the head and the other stone says no I want to be the one underneath the head of the tzaddik and each stone said its opinion started jostling with the other one no, it's my turn no, it's not fair, you took longer than me I want to be the one, I want to be the one Throughout the night, they were fighting. What do you think Yaakov did that night? What do you think happened then? And I heard almost tongue-in-cheek that Yaakov didn't get much sleep. It's like his bed of stones was just spinning and turning underneath his head. He couldn't fall asleep. And he learned a very important lesson. He learned that although each stone had a good China, it had a good argument. Listen, it's my turn. No, I'm here l'shem shemaim. I want to be able to be the one underneath his head. Very nice. You could be l'shem shemaim, but anytime time you have a machlekas, somebody gets affected. It doesn't matter how you how you how you add up the dice. It doesn't matter at the end of the day who was right and who was wrong. Somebody will be affected when there's an argument. Yaakov was laying there, and he started saying, no, it's my turn, it's my turn, it's my turn. The whole night, he's like, I can't, I can't sleep. But, but they're having their little argument. But I cannot sleep. It's affecting me. Yaakov internalized this message. The message of Machlaikis hurts. It doesn't matter who was right and who was wrong. Machlaikis hurts. It hurts, because when people are arguing, it, it, it hurts. Yaakov therefore goes on, to Lavan's house with a new conviction. His, his conviction is no longer, how am I going to be undermining Lavan? His conviction is, how do I avoid machlaikis at all costs? And that's what he does for over 20 years. How do I avoid machlaikis at all costs? It's simply not worth it. So many times, at least us in America, we see machlekesim between various factions, various groups of yidden, and 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 it's hurtful. It, it hurts us. It's difficult for us to swallow this. And they all have their reasons. They're l'shem shemayim's. They all have their their gedolim who they follow. There's no. There's no. It's, it's not for anybody to get involved with who shouldn't be involved with it. But one thing that I think everybody could agree. Lashem Shemayim, not l'shem Shemayim, right, wrong, different. There's a certain just just doesn't sit well. It just doesn't doesn't sit well with us. Like people are arguing. That's that's hurtful. That's where that's all you gotta know. It's hurtful. That's it. A couple weeks ago I had two meetings the same week and it outlined for me two paths, two machshavas which I think really lay out this idea very beautifully. I had a business meeting that was a very contentious meeting. A lot of things going back and forth. And throughout the meeting I kept thinking to myself, what is our goal in life? Our goal in life is to take things that are difficult, things that are challenging, things that try to make us get onto like an emotional roller coaster, and to utilize our seho to overcome that. Somebody goes through a medical crisis. It could be overwhelming. Try to stay serene. Grounded. Down to earth. Okay, what do we have to do? Make rational, logical decisions. Don't get emotional about it. In the whole meeting I was thinking that. Gotta use your sechel. Overcome your emotion. Don't get caught up. Don't raise your voice. Just stay logical. Okay, hear what you're saying. Let's move on. Next point. Keep going. Try to stay as poised and as logical as you possibly can. Let your seichel override your emotion. That night or the next night I had a meeting. And I have a couple and they're they're killing each other. And when I'm talking, the husband, he keeps coming up with tinyness and reasons and drays and haqiras and, and 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 this is why and that is why. Very smart guy. I said to him at one point, Your wife Your wife doesn't seem very happy. He's like, yeah, but you don't chap. This is pshad and this. This is why I did that. And that's why I didn't do this. And this is because I did this. And every reason in the world. And it struck me. I said, wow, this is an amazing idea. I said to him, I want you to take your seichel for a minute and push it to the back seat just for one second. Look over at your wife and just realize for just one moment she's not happy. I want you to use your emotion to override your seichel. Realize That machlekes hurts. Realize that what you are doing is not working. Your wife is not a happy camper. Sometimes in life, we have to utilize our brains to overcome our emotion. And that is the majority of times. But when it comes to a relationship, which is by nature emotional, very often you have to turn on your emotion. And you have to turn off your seichah. We have to stop with our chashbayinus, with a rationalization of why we think we're right, because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. If your spouse is not smiling into their pillow at night, then we're just not doing a good enough job. So long as we can remember this, you will get through your business day much more menuchedek, and you'll get through your marriage a lot happier.